Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent Magazine, with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, this is Miriam. Welcome to the latest episode of Apparently Speaking, where I'll be talking with Dr. Jay Burke about electronic addiction. This episode is sponsored by Lawrence School, where great minds don't think alike. For the one in five children who have learning differences and attention deficits, Lawrence School is a transformative place that removes barriers to learning and unleashes their true potential. I want to welcome Dr. J. Burke to the show today. Thank you. You're welcome. Dr. J. H. Burke is a licensed psychologist in two U.S. states and an expert in working with children, adolescents, and families. He also conducts social skills groups for children and adolescents. In addition to providing therapy, he's a guest lecturer throughout the world and provides training and workshops throughout the U.S. and abroad to schools, agencies, and a variety of groups. In his private practice, he conducts therapy with children, adolescents, adults, families, and couples. Dr. Burke functions as a special consultant to the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists in New York City on an ongoing basis, and provides many seminars each year for parents and young performers. Dr. Burke provided the keynote address at the University of Arkansas Jonesboro seminar following the school shooting that occurred there. He currently facilitates several social skills groups for people from ages three to 35. And Dr. Burke, I could go on and on and on um, with your bio because you have done so many things and you are doing so many things. Um, And so it's great. So welcome and and thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate that. One correction for the Screen Actors Guild in those areas right now, I'm not doing that. I've actually been teaching across Canada and I'll be in Australia and New Zealand soon. All right. So that switched over. All right. Good to know. All right. But so thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for coming. So we're going to talk about, and, and you wrote the book, um, Parents' Quick Guide to Electronic Addiction. And I read that in preparation, you know, for you All coming. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, awesome. And I that I think it's just a great, timely topic, obviously, electronic addiction. Um, so just tell me, you know, what is it exactly? Like, how do I, how would a parent know, like, or, or some signs of electronic addiction? Well, I think what's important to start with is that there's a difference between electronic addiction and electronic issues. Issues. Because the World Health Organization recently released information about a diagnosis of electronic addiction. Uh, so there are kids and adults that are electronically addicted. The biggest area of that would be it's impacting somewhere in their life negatively uh, to the extent that uh, they're having problems that are pretty significant. But there's a lot of people that are out there that have kids that are having problems because they're losing social skills. They are losing, uh, they have mental health issues with anxiety, depression. Um, they have trouble with gross motor skills. There's problems happening related to this. So is that an addiction or issue? So it's an issue that could lead to the addiction. So what we find is that those are sort of pre- precursors to kids and adults that end up with addictions. So, for example, kids that have trouble socially, they can socially find other people on the Internet, or at least people they think are kids or right. something like that. Right, <laughs> I don't know who it is. Right, and start yeah. mixing with them, and then they have problems then they start spending more and more and more time on those things. And the other thing is the rage reactions that kids have because parents are having a lot of problems with kids raging when they get them off the games, and there are games that are more addictive, and they found it's actually in the neurotransmitters of your brain that make that happen. I believe that it it is true. I mean, there I, I have seen that. I have a son who's um, 12, like almost 13, and we're very, you know, he has very strict guidelines with the, the, the games and stuff, and he's allowed to play, and we have, and he has an Xbox, but he isn't allowed to do it during the week when there's school, um, and we cut that because it was just became an issue. It was just constant, you know, as soon as he would get home off the bus, it was like, can I go down and play? Can I go play, play, play? And it was just the constant asking, and um, now it's just, it's nice, you know, for us because he doesn't even ask during the week, and then he knows on the weekend he probably has a little more freedom with it. Correct. But, um, 
he it does change it does do something to his personality you know well, and we've I've had a lot of parents that. say to me that you know their kids would have an anger issues and things and they take them out fortnight for example for two three weeks and they say I got my kid back I, I mean, is... I have seen that. It's not like some extreme where I would need to, you know, necessarily bring him into you at this point. We have a handle on it, but it really does. It really, if someone is wondering if it really does affect them, it really does. I mean, I believe that it does. Well, that's why I'm saying you've got that, and then you've got people with electronic addiction issues that are more extreme than that. It's again, the parallel would be somebody that has an alcohol problem that's starting versus somebody who's a full blown alcoholic that needs treatment. So the earlier you get in there, the better. What I find is for parents, if they come in earlier, it's a much easier intervention. For Once sure. the horse is out of the barn and the yeah. kids on games, but yeah. we have kids on games eight hours a day, nine hours a day on games or social media. Um, and I think that uh, now there's scholarships being given out for that. Kids want to say, hey, I don't need to go to school because I'm going to be a YouTuber. Right, I'm going to be a YouTuber. I'm going to be a gamer. I'm going to be a this. gamer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's kids that are doing that, yeah. but not everybody. No. And don't you think, you know, you said, you know, hey, kids are on, you know, eight, nine hours a day. Don't you think that maybe the parent needs to see you more than the kid? <laughs> well. Sometimes, like, why? Why is that happening? Because, you know, in, de in defense of the parents, which is fascinating, is the kids kid you know they're afraid of the kid's rage reaction or the kids you know gonna to say i'm gonna kill it. myself i got oh, kids yeah. that'll say those are my real friends and those are my only friends i have mm. and if you cut me down from that i'm gonna kill myself mm. um and that's you know you look at the parents and they're like well what do we do we don't know what to do we right? don't know what to do and you know it's like the kid has lost their friendships that's why we see so many kids in the social skills groups related to the gaming problems because that's where they go or they go on to online communities. That's their social interaction would be these people in the gaming world. Right. Or they're getting into inappropriate sexual activity on the Internet. And kids nowadays, too, you know, at the office, you're hearing more and more about, you know, kids who are sending nude pictures, who are in sexual communities on the Internet. And the, the problem is that parents are getting outsmarted. Kids know more yeah. than their parents know because they go, well, I looked in their phone and it's not there. Oh, yeah. Well, the answer no. is it was on Instagram and it's gone. Right. And they don't and know they how to look for it. they can have different accounts and things like that. Like, there, there are just so many things. You're right. It's hard to keep, as a parent, It would. it's hard to keep on top of everything because if they really want to hide something, they can. Well, there are things that parents can yeah. do. And I think part of that is what we should be talking about today is that the earlier they intervene, the better. What you talked about is setting limits from the mm -hmm. start, which is important because it's harder to take limits away. Definitely. Um, and, you know, help teaching kids healthy balance. Now, you were talking about your son. Like, why does he want to get on those games? So one of the things they found is there's a sense of achievement. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be a better baseball player, you got to work at it, work at it, work at it, work at it, work at it. But if you want to get better at games, you can just be on there for hours and hours. Right. And you're reinforced every three to five seconds on a game, which if you're trying to be a better batter and you're at batting cages, it doesn't work that way. It takes years. Right. Right. But there's more of that instant gratification. Instant gratification. Instead of really working at something. You're right. And, you know, I was talking with some moms the other day and we were laughing about, you know, we're talking about like Fortnite and stuff. And we were like, no mom is behind this. Like no mom has created this. We know because these skins come out like during the week and they have to get it right. You know, my son would come. I'm like, I know I'm not allowed to do it during the week, but I have to get this. I have to buy. First of all, they have to buy it. I have to buy this skin. I'm like, well, can't you do it on the we can know it goes away after today and we're like okay no no moms do it <laughs> no right moms but we we, we have kids this example you know stealing parents credit cards grandparents credit cards to buy skins for people that don't know what skins are right they're actually what you look like in a game now think about that Fortnite. if nobody knows what's the price of Fortnite? the price is do you know to buy Fortnite? yeah 
Oh, it's free, but it's you have free. to buy all the skins and right. all the upgrades, whatever pass. it is, the battle packs. Right, so right. it's so, definitely not free. But it's <laughs> it's free. It's right, like to get it. Right, it's like hey, they give you a cell phone, but then there's a service plan, right. and then if you want, right. you know, call texting. It's more and more. And I think parents got to understand it. So it's teaching kids a healthy balance. It's also another thing is that teaching kids appropriate boundaries because another problem we'll see is they will say things on a text that they would not say in real life. For sure. And that's getting, that's another huge issue at the office. I've had more uh, kids come in for legal problems or suspensions or expulsions over what they thought was a joke Mm. And it turns out it's not a joke. Somebody didn't take it as funny, right? And they don't. And and that's the thing. Their commu- their communication now is mostly just through a screen a lot of times, and so they're not able to. You know, you can't see the the verbal, the nonverbal cues, and all these kind of things, or the tone it was set in, or whatever it is. So someone can easily mistake something for well, it's not a kids joke. say, "Well, I was just joking." Right. Well, and we didn't. It's like, well, it wasn't taken that yeah, way. Yeah, and I couldn't see your face or your tone or hear the tone or any of these things. So, and like you said, also kids, um, every, even adults, you know, get a little bit braver, you know, behind the screen where you might say things where you wouldn't in someone's face. Well, r- right. And I think it's teaching kids, you know, like the rule of if you're mad, don't send an email right away. We as adults know that. I mean, I'm sure parents listening right now. Have sent an email sure. and thought, oh, I shouldn't have sent that. that. Yeah. Or hit mm-hmm. reply all and go, oh, <laughs> no, that was a bad idea. It is idea. entertaining when someone else does it, though, and you get yeah. it. But, yeah, <laughs> and, not if you're the one doing it. <laughs> right. So I think that people need to be teaching this. So the the new the new idea is this concept about, you know, electronics and how to manage them in a healthy way. And schools need to be teaching this. Parents need to be teaching it. Um, because that's, they're here to stay. Right. And as I say, in your book, you say like, you know, you make the point of they are here to stay and that's true. And you're, I like that, you know, in the book, you're saying, you're not saying don't let them do electronics. Don't let them have a phone. Don't let them have these games, but you have to have limits. Right. And, and you have to have a healthy balance. And, and you talk about even making sure you're, you're they're doing other things together. You said, like, one of the parts in your book was, like, go old school. And I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we do things maybe that, you know, we used to do, you know, as kids. And make sure they're doing those kind of things in addition. But they found, like, even because kids are not playing outside, gross motor skills are poor. Mm-hmm. Kids today, in my practice, you'd be surprised how I many kids cannot ride a bicycle mm. by teenage years because they're not out riding their bike. Yeah. Okay, so I got a question for you. Okay. Okay. I'm so supposed to be asking the questions, the world, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, the World Health Organization just came out with an article on what's the, I what's the suggestion for screen time for little kids, like, one, two, and two to four. Um, one, like I think, like none for like ages up to age two. Mm-hmm. I I think, and then the other would probably be like an hour. Two? Yeah. So what yeah. they said was. They said zero to one is no screen time. Got it right. All right. Oh, yes. Way to go. <laughs> one to two is I said. N- limited. Okay. I said Very like an limited. hour or so. Yeah, so limited. Two to four, no more than an hour. Yeah. And uh, so as parents get things rolling, what they found is that some of the old school games and stuff like that make a bigger difference. Um, getting kids outside, but also the concept of if parents are listening to how do we set this up, and it's called pay to play. Part of it's in the book, and the book's available on Amazon. So if parents want that, but the pay to play concept is, you know, if you exercise, if you get together with friends, Mm. if you do those things, so you get a base of an hour, and then you can earn more time off a good balance with that. 
So I think with little kids that can control it, it's harder the older the kid gets. Because, yeah, I was going to say, or even like an older, like with a cell phone or something, it's a little harder. Well, but, you know, yeah. where does the most, most, let's put it, not good stuff happen with cell phones? Where do you think it is with kids? On the bus. On the bus. <laughs> that is correct. I am you like are on. Woo, yeah. <laughs> you are on. So it's on the bus, and kids need to know that. And also, parents have to understand that you can have whatever rules you want, but when the kid's over somebody else's exactly. house or on somebody's video or somebody else's exactly. place. And I think that parents teaching kids, you know, how to manage that is really, really important because they can get themselves into some deep, dark dangers. So, like, this week in group, uh, we did commercials. The kids are doing commercials for other kids that we're not airing. We're just practicing on information they should know about electronic media. And they're really coming up with some very interesting things, like what to do if somebody sends you something inappropriate. Like, how should you respond? Mm -hmm. What to do if somebody's bullying you? Right. What to do, you know, because you never know to screenshot it. You know, and things like that. Right. Because... That's good. And as parents, talk about those things before you give them these devices. You know, hey, if this happens. So they have kind of a game plan. If that happens, they know what to do. Or at least you've talked about it. And that's exactly what you're saying. So Right. And and I think that parents got to understand that basically what you're doing is when you give your kid a phone, you're letting strangers walk into your house. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have kids giving out their addresses, things like that. And that's basic one-on-one. But, you know, if they one of the kids in group yesterday said something interesting. You know, if you if you do a picture of yourself, a selfie, and it has your address in front of your house or even what your house looks like or, you know, your parents' car and the license plate on it, people can track that. Yeah, and, and they it, don't think about those things. They don't things. think about they don't those think things about at those all. Things. Yeah. So it's, it's a different world. Now, the positive thing is how can you use social media in a good way? And I think this is something also we don't want to be just totally negative. For sure. So, you know, like a lot of kids are on group chats now, and the group chats are a way to get kids socially included because if you're excluded from a group chat, it's a problem. I think it's also it can be used as a tool. You know, one of the chapters in there is called Why is the Sky Blue? And, you know, it dawned on me is when we were kids, well, I'm older than you, but you <laughs> had to know. use the Encyclopedia Britannica to look stuff up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Encyclopedia <laughs> Britannica. So nowadays, you know, kids can just Google the answer. So um, asking kids questions about, you know, why do you think this might be or something like that without them Googling it and starting to use their thoughts mm. to figure it out. So you start to develop some of those skills. Um, but they can look up some pieces of it but then put more together with it. You can also, um, you know, another great thing is in our uh, alternative education program, for example, kids can do field trips places. They can go to Paris, to the Louvre. On video, you know, you can tour the the Louvre. Well, so we couldn't do that before, right? So, right. So they're definitely positive, and that's one thing too that you're saying. And your your message, I think, is like pretty clear that you there are dangers, and we have to you know set limits and all these things. But there are positive things about it too. It's not just all negative as long as you're using it in the right way. We're gonna take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. We're gonna come back and talk some more with Dr. Burke about um, electronic addiction and all that that goes along with it. I'm still be here. All right. For the one in five children who have learning differences like dyslexia and attention deficits like ADHD, Lawrence School is a transformative place that removes barriers to learning and unleashes their potential. Serving students in grades K through 12 from more than 80 communities throughout Northeast Ohio, Lawrence School empowers students who learn differently by accepting and affirming the diverse ways they learn, supporting them through their academic journey, and motivating them to excel beyond what they would believe imaginable. The result of these approaches is that students who previously struggled in the classroom are suddenly engaged, motivated, and confident in their ability to be successful learners. Discover the many ways we are reimagining school 
at www.lawrenceschool.org or by calling 440-526-0717. Lawrence School, where great minds don't think alike. All right, we are back talking with Dr. Jay Burke about um, electronic addiction. His book is Parents' Quick Guide to Electronic Addiction. So we're talking about that and kind of all the things that go along with it. So so for parents who are my listeners, what are some warning signs? Like, give me like a few like warning signs you would say like, hey, you know, this is this is not really, you know, you want to look out for this. Well, l- let me start with, again, I, I don't want to be redundant, but the fact is it's easier when people come in in the beginning rather than the horses out of the right. barn. So signs are the kid is raging when they get off the games. They won't come off the games. They start losing friends. Uh, they're academics. They're up in the middle of the night, and the parents don't even know they're up in the middle of the night. They're falling asleep at school. Uh, they're more irritable. These kind of things are things that I'd be looking for that start the problem, a brewing. And, uh, you know, there are there, the other on the social media side is their self-esteem and their concept depends on how many likes they have. And they have to get people back to answer them. And if they text somebody, you know, and they don't text them back, they're distraught. Those are starting to be signs of I got a problem. Yeah, I think for some of the older kids, maybe it's more like that rather than the games. Or I think not to be like stereotypical, but I know like just in my house, you know, my son's into the games. My daughter, who's older, she she doesn't care about that, but it's the social media, you know. So so like you said, just to make sure it's not that so important that the number of followers you have or the number of likes that everything doesn't, you know, ride on that. I know it's, we all, even as an adult, we get that little like, Ooh, like, Oh, I got a lot of likes on this or whatever. So as a kid, it's really invigorating, right? Because as an adolescent, you want to fit in anyhow. For sure. And so that's the key is that understanding that. But another part that I'd like to talk about is, you know, not having your kid's self-esteem depend on that includes, teaching them that on social media, I call it Facebook depression syndrome, that people generally put out... That would be out, Instagram for yeah, the younger kids. for the younger yeah. kids. <laughs> they, they don't put out bads, they put out goods. Mm-hmm. So it's not a true answer about people's life. It's what they represent... For sure. ...online, and that's a whole different story. Right, and so kids need to realize that they're only putting this certain persona, you know, everyone can put that online and it doesn't mean it's real life no and um you know i think that if your self-esteem depends on that and it's like well she got invited to this or that that's that's important to help parents work through with kids that can be devastating with kids you know the other thing is you know you brought it up so i'll just jump on it (laughs) girls especially you know they'll bully that way Mm-hmm. And one of the ways they bully is subtly by, like, posting a picture of we're all at the mall and For you're sure. not here. Mm-hmm. And we just want to let you know you're not here. So how do we do that? And, you know, and then we get into, like, the difference of friends. Okay, are those good friends that would do that? Are they the friends you want to chase still? Right. Or because they're the A-list girls, for example. And maybe the B-list girls might be a nicer group of kids to be with. And they're not going to backstab you Great like point. that. 
Right. So don't don't just let them go. And because you know, because that's a great conversation to have with your kids. You know, what is friendship? What does true friendship look like? And how do you treat friends? How do you want to be treated? And and like you said, don't chase, you know, don't you can't don't force someone to be your friend. And if they're treating you that way, that's not really a friend. And so there are other plenty of other kids who would like to be your friend. Yeah. What, what is a that. friend right, right at that point? Mm-hmm. And then also distinguishing online friends from yes. friend friends. Because people, remember, if you're depressed, and this is another issue that parents need to be aware of, or you're a cutter, or you're, you know, you have issues like that, it's easy to find other kids who cut, it's, or at least represent they do. It's easy to find other depressed kids, so you can find the market for what you're looking for online, and that's not the healthiest thing. Right. And kids will be like, I have friends, I have one that lives in California, one that lives in Florida, Right. You know, and I've got kids with romantic relationships that they've never met, right? right. They've Skyped with each other. Yeah. Um, and that can be dangerous because they're missing a lot of cues that, you know, we need to teach them. So they're not reading facial cues. They're not reading that other information. So parents should obviously try to be aware and involved, right? And and be, they should be, I think parents, and you said in the book, you know, should be, if your kids are on social media, you should be on it. You should be their friend on it. Kind of just kind of keep track. Doesn't mean you have to start commenting on all their things and embarrass them. But, um, although I do that to my daughter sometimes, but yeah. uh, she thinks it's funny, but you know, just to, just to see kind of what's going on. And I think the, their, their account should be private. I know a lot of kids have public accounts because they want to have all these followers. Right. But I think that's, that's a big dangerous. thing. Right. Yeah. It's a big thing. And again, the idea is I kin it in the book to an eating disorder. The idea is that, you know, everybody's got to eat. Who has an eating disorder? You can't not eat. So it's going to be there. It's teaching them healthy aspects of it. But the problem being that a lot of parents didn't grow up with these things, so they don't know about them. They don't know how they work, how to limit them, things like that, which is another important thing. So what I can encourage parents to do is to get educated. You know, like in my practice, what I say is, you know, come in earlier get some info, you know, and then sort of work with it. Because like you say, when the kids, you know, I'll get parents in there and he's like, you know, he's 16, he's had this forever. And it's like, well, you know, what are we going to do now? And I have kids, you know, who will rage, will threaten to break up the house and things like that. And that's a problem. So if you're a parent out there listening, get ahead of it. Um, You're not going to beat it. You know, I was thinking uh, people have brought up things like, oh, my gosh, TVs come out. You know, when TV first came out or radio came out, you know, changed the family dynamics. But now, you know, do families eat together? Well, everybody's got their phone at the table. You know, that's something simple families could do is you're not allowed to have your phone at the table. Right. And parents need to model that as well. Parents need to model mm-hmm. and They don't model it. Mm-hmm. Taking kids' tablets away at night. So one of my favorite kids, uh, the mom took the tablets away at night. So the kid put the iPad in the case and put the case face down on the table, uh-huh. plugged in, but took the iPad out of it and she didn't realize <laughs> it till the middle of the night. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing. They they can, so you have to really watch and be diligent. But I think all those things, you know, they're as you they're not foolproof, but just trying and trying to model and like and I don't like my kids don't have that stuff in their rooms at night and I just don't see a reason for it. And um, you know, if someone does that's their choice. But in a way, it's just it's just easier to manage without that temptation there. Well, now here get here gets me. the really hard point. So the real hard point is now parents can manage this for kids. But I have a lot of kids that fail out of college. Right. I was going to say, but when they, as my next thought was, but when they leave, they you know, have to manage. They have to know 
and they're going to have to maybe learn some hard lessons, but they have to be able to manage it on their own. Well, and, I've and seen a lot gonna, of kids who yeah. the parents have managed their yeah. electronics and never yeah. taught the kid to self-manage. They go off to college with a full-ride right. scholarship. Right. One semester they're on. They're the, done. Yeah. yeah. Running down. I think it's just also to like just that constant conversation happening. Like, you know, as far as, you know, maybe why we have limits on it, why it's good to put it away at certain times, you know, why it's good to not have it right next to you when you're studying because every two seconds you're looking at it, you know, things well, like that. But it's psychological. And I think for parents to understand that you said the mom thing, moms aren't behind this. Actually, there's a whole psychology of gaming. It's like if p- parents have been to Vegas, you know, there's no clocks in casinos. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's the same lighting. They put oxygen in there. Why? Well, these games are meant this way, and so the games can be very addictive in terms of their actual brain transmitters. And, what you know, when you get a ding on your phone, everybody think about this that's out there. You want to look yeah. and see what is that. You know, why are people, you know, who wants me? Exactly. And it's very, the, the noises are important. And all that is planned out. Something fascinating, saw an article that said the people in Silicon Valley that are inventing these things don't let their kids play them. Uh, interesting, Isn't right, that interesting? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. And, I mean, I like you said, it, they're, they're here. It's not going away. It's not all bad. You know, it's, it's okay. No. We, I mean, we played... And you even mentioned in your book, like, I remember you you had a funny story in your book about Pong, you know? Pong. I remember that, you know? It was like, boop, boop, you know? But but we were so excited about that. thought that was so cool. But like you said, that was kind of like, that was it. You know, you hit the ball across the thing. Now it's like, like you said, how many kills do you have? And, 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 and I mean, it's not all, it's entertainment. They do it for fun, but you just have to really, there's a lot more that goes into well, it. Well, I think though. another thing I want to make a point on the difference in the gaming is that, when we played Pong, somebody had to be in the room with you to play Pong. Now you could play with somebody and five kids could be in their basements all over. Number two is it's the first-person experience. Mm-hmm. That's important to think about because you are the shooter. You were not the Pong ball going bang, right. bang, bang, right. bang. So if you're not the Pong ball, that's different. And th- th- those games were originally developed by the military to desensitize people to shooting. So that's important. But I think the other is for parents to be aware that kids are exposed to inappropriate content earlier and earlier. It's not just games. It's, you know, it's getting on inappropriate content. So what do they do if they do that? How to handle that? You know, what if other kids are doing that? That's really important, too, Mm -hmm. uh, because the graphics in all of these things are way different. If anybody out there remembers Pong, it was pretty slow. If you play Red Dead Redemption 2 now, have you seen that or not? No, I haven't seen that uh, okay. one. Okay, <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2, you're a cowboy in the Old West. It's like Grand Theft Auto. Okay. And the graphics are incredible. I was playing with my son the other day, <laughs> and I tried to rob a train, and the horse got ran over by the yeah. train. So, but yeah. that's important. Yeah. It's, it's ver- the graphics, and you are the person. So that's it's a, yeah. it's the experience. So what would be your – give us a couple of takeaways that you really would want for parents to, to take away from this, this podcast today. Okay, so takeaway number one is I would definitely set rules ahead of time. Okay, I would do number two, pay to play, in that the bottom line is you get X amount of time um, to start with. If you do community service, if you're on swim team, you get extra time, things like that. You have to have a balance of activities that you're going to do, um, that there's an open discussion in the house about what's happening with this. The parents reserve the right, if they see a problem, to be able to intervene with it. I think that's important. Um, And I think that it's an ongoing, like you said, it was a great point, an ongoing discussion 
because, you know, an 8-year-old is different than a 12-year-old that's different than a 15-year-old and what they're exposed to and how that's going to work. The other really big takeaway that I find in my practice is, you know, if parents manage the kid the whole time and the kid never learns to manage himself, you're not getting anywhere. So, there, you know, there's a fail to to get out kind of it. guide them but let them have some ownership over that management well if not it's like mm-hmm. getting them to do their homework mm-hmm. you know you help kids with homework and then your advisor to their homework and then you don't know how to do their homework anymore because they're <laughs> in third grade and they're doing math differently right. than you did it right. uh, but the get the goal is to get the kid to sit down and do their homework on their own so by the time they go off to do whatever they do they'll be able to do it mm-hmm. um i think the other thing is that another takeaway for parents is you know this is a serious issue um, it's not just fluff and, you know, there is a brain connection to the, to the addiction, but also the kids can get themselves in serious trouble really quick and it's not good because they're, you know, their answers, they, they're kids, their brains are underdeveloped, they, their impulse control is not there. So really saying, Hey, you know, people can take things very differently depending on what you send out there. And I think that's huge for parents to be aware of and talking to their kids about Great, great takeaways. So much information. Um, I think there's a there's a lot more information that we could that you could share. Um, I think this was great for parents. I think it's such a it's just just a timely issue that, like you said, is not going away. So nope. we need to figure out as parents how to 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 make this work. Um, how can we? How can people contact you? Find out about you? Anything like that? Yeah. So I think I appreciate you asking that. So the book, uh, Parents' Quick Guide to Electronic and Gaming Addiction, or Parents' Quick Guide to Addiction, Electronic Addiction. Sorry, is on Amazon if people want to get that. Our practice is in Beechwood, but you can go on the website. And this is good for parents to know. If you go to jayburke j a y b e r k p h d dot com. There are some free downloads for parents. There's like a checklist. There's some ideas on there, some videos for parents. And I'm always updating it. So they can go on there and get free things, even if they're not interested in coming in. And the other is if they are, they can come in, you know, once or twice and just get information. They don't have to engage in ongoing therapy. Um, So if they go to the website, again, jburkphd.com, there's always updating information there. Um, right now there's some good videos that I think are appropriate for parents, but the downloads there are free for parents. All right. That's great. Those are great resources. And like you said, they're right there available free and they can just use those or they can contact you further. So, right. And and the book, the parents Mm -hmm. could guide electronic addiction. I think it'd be helpful to them to read. Um, but it also, one more thing I'd like to say about that. It's great to have your kid read. Because then you can use it as a discussion tool with you and your kid and go, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? So I have a lot of parents saying, you read it, I'll read it, and then let's talk about it. So it gives them a base to discuss with. Great idea. That that is a really good idea. Thank you so much, Dr. Burke. It's it was a been pleasure. Fun. A pleasure to have you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. This episode has been sponsored by Lawrence School, where great minds don't think alike. For the one in five children who have learning differences and attention deficits, Lawrence School is a transformative place that removes barriers to learning and unleashes their true potential. Discover more at LawrenceSchool.org. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at NortheastOhioParent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at NortheastOhioParent.com.